This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, it is the longest day of the year. Why not? Why wouldn't it feel like the longest day of the year? Mike Opelka saying hello. Welcome to Pure Opelka here on the solstice. The longest freaking day of the year. After today, it starts getting a little shorter again for a while. And uh, we've got a lot to do today, so I guess it's a good thing that it is the longest day. And here in the constitutionally protected free speech bunker, we have much to free, free speech about. Free speech. Uh, I got There's work going on outside, so you might hear some loud machines as... As a life in the Delaware suburbs has its, <laughs> its dangers. Much to talk about today. And I guess the, the top of mind on everybody's list here, or the top of mind on everyone's mind, the subject of last night's special election in, in Georgia and South Carolina. South Carolina really wasn't a big deal. Nobody was worried about South Carolina. But in Georgia... We were all worried about whether or not the GOP could hang on to a seat that has been reliably read since 1979, a seat that was once held by Newt Gingrich and then recently by uh, Mr. Price. But Karen Handel was facing John Ossoff, uh, an upstart. And one of my favorite moments of last night actually happened before, before the polls really got into full swing. It was early Early in the day yesterday, an Ossoff appeared on MSNBC to try and hype the election and get people moving. And he was also trying to explain away one of the biggest issues of this election, the fact that he couldn't even vote for himself. Listen to his answer. I, I think this, this speaks volumes of the Democratic ego. I know you said it earlier, every vote counts. It is all about voter turnout. And I asked you the other day, but it's extraordinary. One of the main points that Karen Handel and even President Trump has pushed against you is something that's very easy to solve where you live. And if you get elected, you're going to be spending the majority of your time in Washington. And while people respect across the board your desire to support your fiance, she uh, is in medical school, she walks to work across the street at 4 a.m., you're going to be getting a job that has you on a plane living in another part of the country most days of the week. With every vote counting, with every point counting, why not move, sir? Well, Steph, voters just aren't asking me this question. Voters are asking me what I'm going to do to improve our local economy. Voters are asking me what I'm going to do to ensure they have access to health care. Voters are asking me what I'm going to do to bring greater accountability to Washington. Folks here in Georgia's 6th District care about how their representation is going to impact their daily lives. And frankly, if this is the best argument my opponents have against me, I'm feeling pretty good about the outcome tonight. I grew up in this community. As you mentioned, I live a couple of miles down the road to support my fiance while she finishes medical school. I'm running to serve my hometown town in Congress and I want to make him proud. But John, since the special election where you were at 48.1, things have only moved to 48.8 with 50 million bucks under your belt. So voters care about a lot. If you look back on this and things are that tight, wouldn't you say to yourself, just get an apartment in the district? This race counts so much. Now, wouldn't you think he would have said we talked about it and we discussed it? Uh, I can't imagine 
This was this was yesterday as the polls had just opened and he's presented with this simple. Now, first of all, he knew about this problem a month ago, two months ago. He could have easily done exactly what this MSNBC host said, and he could have taken an apartment in the heart of the 6th District and said, this is where I will live once the election's over, and spent every single day there. With all of that $50 million that was funneled into his campaign from all over the country, somebody could have bought an Uber to drive his girlfriend, fiance, back and forth to medical school every day. Nobody understands that... uh, Optics are really important in elections. Optics, optics, optics. And especially saying all politics is local. Especially in a house race. But here's his answer after after he was asked, you could you couldn't see that you could just rent an apartment? Well, if voters were raising that as a serious concern, Steph, maybe I would, but voters care about how policy and how representation is going to impact their daily lives. They know I grew up in this community. They know I grew up in the 6th District. They know why I'm a couple miles south of the line. It's just not a major issue in the race. I'm focused on delivering representation uh, that will serve our local economy, that will serve the daily needs of the people I hope to represent. And, uh, and I'm offering a fresh voice uh, to, to bring that kind of service to the 6th District. John, okay. What adult... I have to say, this guy is adult. He may be a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton. What he just laid out was the same thing he had said before. He kept repeating a talking point that somebody told him would help. That, oh, I'm here, I'm, I'm just uh, making sure I'm, I'm standing by my fiancé while she completes her medical school. He just kept saying that over and over again. And now we all know the answer. We all know what happened. We all know that the polling data, again, just like the the fall election, was wrong. The polling data was very wrong. And while I talked about my instincts that I thought there was going to be a a very, very razor-thin win for the GOP in this district, remember, Trump won it by just a point and a half. I didn't anticipate that it would be as big as it was because based on the Trump win that one and a half percentage point victory in October the four point win by Karen Handel is gigantic and here's the other takeaway on this Uh, some of their statements after the election was called last night some of the statements were very telling for example uh, John let's go with the loser first since he was just speaking earlier here's John Ossoff thanking his supporters So this is not the outcome any of us were hoping for. Duh. But this is the beginning of something much bigger than us. So thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Did you really think he meant that? I don't know. He he did talk about the community as well. At a time when politics has been dominated by fear and hatred and scapegoating and division. This community stood up. Women in this community stood up. Yeah, they voted for Karen Handel. 
Come on now. You did. And you picked this campaign up, and you picked me up, and you picked Alicia up, and you carried us on your shoulders. But not across the finish line. <laughs> it's just the lack of awareness is astounding to me. And then across town where everybody had the, the Karen Handle stickers on at Handle headquarters. And yeah, we did put out the offer today. Uh, we originally were scheduled to get her yesterday. And then they said, how about Wednesday? And I was like, I Wednesday could be a bad idea. Maybe we get her today. Maybe we don't. Uh, but Karen Handel across town at her ha campaign headquarters where everybody was wearing the Handel sticker. But they were Trump supporters. Listen to this. And a special thanks to the president of the United States of America. That crowd yelling Trump, Trump, Trump. Our equally great vice president. So she used the, the typical politician applause lines. But the fact that the Democrats tried to make this a referendum on Donald Trump and that crowd was there supporting Donald Trump speaks volumes. And the Democrats should take that as a, a little bit of something to learn from. She also talked about Steve Scalise. And I think it's appropriate to take a minute to acknowledge a new friend that I was able to make over the course of that campaign, this campaign, and that was Majority Whip Steve Scalise. <laughs> right up until that tragic day on the ball field, Steve would drop me a text message every single week just to make sure I was doing okay and hanging tough I think he even called me the Terminator in one of them. <laughs> Steve Scalise doing what a majority whip should do. He was anticipating that she would win that election and wanted to make sure he did everything he could beforehand to make sure she felt like she was part of that team. Steve Scalise uh, proving before this tragedy why he was the minority whip. And we hope he gets back to that position as well. Uh, Handel made note of something that the Democratic Party will be loathe to point out and i thought this was a pretty interesting fact uh she she remarked on the historic nature of her win last night i am also very well aware of another obligation that comes with tonight's decision by the voters the obligation of being the first republican woman elected to congress from the great state of georgia How about that? Once again, Republicans showing that women can break glass ceilings. You look at the remarkable accomplishment that Kellyanne Conway achieved when Donald Trump won the White House and she became the first woman to lead a campaign for the presidency, the first woman to lead and successfully complete directing that campaign for a president. Now you have Karen Handel, another glass ceiling broken by a Republican woman. You know this has got to be eating the Democrats alive. They've just got to be flipping out.
And in the midst of their flipping out, I have, I have words of comfort for them. And I know what you're saying. Wait, what the hell, Mike? What did you just say? You have words of comfort for the Democrats? Yes, I do. I have a, a huge bit of advice for the Democrats, and that's calm down. Believe it or not, being 0-4 in special elections after the president was inaugurated, being 0-4, they, uh, they have history on their side. And there's a couple of things that, first of all, I don't believe in coincidences, but there are a couple of things, a couple of dominoes that appear to have lined up that actually bode well for the Democrats. So the Democrats who thought last night was going to be some sort of predictor for 2018? Yeah, it could be. And if you're a person who believes in history, then you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'll give you the details next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Continuing our discussion over the the Democrats' condition right now. Yeah, we have to be mindful of it. And I said I had some some positive news for Democrats. But first, let's... Shall we have a moment? Shall we have a schadenfreude moment? And check in on the ladies from The View who had to report the news this morning. Yes, of course, why not? People are saying, you know, oh, the Democrats can't pull it up. I just want to say that this race was much closer than anybody thought it was going to be. Wait, 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 wait. This race was much closer than anyone thought it was going to be. Yesterday, the polls said Ossoff was winning. The only poll, the only major poll that said he wasn't was the L.A. Times. All the other polls said Ossoff was going to win. Continue, Whoopi. Anybody thought it was going to be, yeah, particularly right. in a state that has always gone Republican, much like uh, the race that we saw. Oh, my God, where was it? Where the gentleman shoved the other guy. Oh, was that Montana? Montana. They're so upset they can't, they can't get their thoughts laid out. So, Whoop, you're wrong on this one. But, you know, you don't realize it, but you should, you should relax and take heart. Because the Democrats are 0-4 in special elections. The Democrats have now lost four special elections since President Trump has been sworn in. And 
This seems to be mirroring a situation from 2009 and 2010. So if we go into the Wayback Machine and we go back to 2009, after Barack Obama was elected president of the United States, there, there was a shift in the, in, the, in the country, of course. And there were a bunch of special elections held in early 2009. For example, Hillary Clinton, the senator, had to be replaced she was headed over to uh, State Department. Rahm Emanuel in Illinois' 5th District had to be replaced to become Barack Obama's chief of staff. Hilda Solis resigned to become the Secretary of Labor, so she had to be replaced in California's 32nd District. In California's 10th District, Ellen Tosher resigned to become the Undersecretary of State for Arms Control and International Security Affairs. Um, a Republican, John McHugh, resigned to become Secretary of the Army, and he had to be replaced in the uh, 23rd District in New York. Robert Wexler resigned in January to become President for the Center of Middle East Peace and Economic Cooperation in Florida's 19th District, so he had to be replaced and Pennsylvania's 12th district, John Murtha dropped dead and he needed to be replaced. So you had, in the first, first few months, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, there was a senator and a bunch of uh, congressmen who had to be replaced. One Republican among all of those. In all of those elections, in all seven of those elections, Democrats prevailed. Democrats won. Kirsten Gillibrand uh, became, uh, she, she stepped up, and uh, Scott Murphy, she stepped up, she got appointed to be senator, and Scott Murphy won the, that House seat. Rahm Emanuel went to the White House, Michael Quigley won that House seat. Hilda Solis became Secretary of Labor. Judy Chu won that House seat. Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. Ellen Tosha resigned. John Garamendi won that House seat. Democrat in California. John McHugh resigned to become Secretary of the Army. Bill Owens, Democrat, won the New York 23rd District. Wexler resigned to take on that think tank job. Don Deutsch, Ted Deutsch, takes that seat. He's a Democrat. And John Murtha was replaced by another Democrat, Mark Kritz. 7-0, and oh, Democrats ran the table on the special elections early in Barack Obama's administration. And at the same time, what was going on? A contentious debate over a very contentious and very controversial health care bill. And what happened in 2010? You all know what happened in 2010, a wave election because Obamacare was not a popular thing. So just as the Republicans are 4-0 in this election, in these special elections, and they're debating a very contentious health care bill, doesn't it sound very similar? I know, I know, everybody's saying, well, if the economy's good, we won't have a problem. Pay attention to history. It rings true, doesn't it? It's a little disturbing. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I am so rude. I am so rude. I am so sorry. The phone number, 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Of course, at StuntBrain on Twitter. Watching uh, everything. I, I have an update on the Flint situation, too, by the way. You know... um, it's being investigated right now. There was a, a police officer in uniform at the airport in Flint, Michigan, reportedly stabbed in the neck inside the airport. He is in critical condition. It is being investigated as a terror attack. Just so you know, Flint, Michigan. Possible terror attack, but needless to say, uh, an officer in uniform stabbed in the neck needs some prayers from all of us. And uh, a, a really important issue. We're still in Ramadan, folks. Lots of attacks happen in Ramadan. Let's let's hope um, let's hope this one gets solved quickly. It was deliberate. This was not an accident. Can I go back to the view? Can I? It's just so, the day after something happens that Democrats don't like. It's here's a hip tip. Set your DVR to record the view. And if something really good happens for conservative politicians, just watch the first few minutes of the view because there, somebody on that panel is going to blow a gasket, whether it's Whoopi or Sonny or Joy. Somebody's going to blow a gasket and Jedediah Bila is going to try and just kind of pull him back in. But yesterday we had the victories in South Carolina and in Georgia. And so that means this morning, the ladies of The View have a little bit of a meltdown and I'm there to watch because schadenfreude. Joy Behar. Joy Behar can't, can't even be truthful with herself. Now, what has Joy Behar been talking about since the election? Since the, the election, Joy Behar can't stop bringing up the fact uh, Hillary Clinton got more votes than Donald Trump. Three million more votes than Donald Three and a half million more votes than Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, popular vote, popular vote. Well, he didn't win the election. Well, he won the electoral, but he didn't win the Back and forth. This is Joy Behar. Just this morning, just minutes ago, folks, Joy Behar can't even be honest with herself. Generally speaking, Republicans vote in bigger numbers than Democrats. Yes, that's What? Generally speaking, Republicans vote in bigger numbers than Democrats. Well, since since November 9th, all you've been saying is more Democrats voted than Republicans in the presidential election. So how can you even say that, Joy Behar? Generally speaking, well, that was a general election. 
Generally speaking, Republicans vote in bigger numbers than Democrats. You know, you're, you're not entitled to your own facts. You can have that opinion. You just can't have your own facts. Let's hear it again. Come on, Joy, tell it. Tell it to us again. Sense. Generally speaking, Republicans vote in bigger numbers than Democrats. Yeah, no, that's true. Okay? it's not the true. Trick, the trick is to get these people to the polls. Now, how do you get them there? You've got to have a clear message. You've got to... <laughs> this is almost laughable. Well, it is laughable. I'm laughing. This is laughable. You got to get them to the polls. Anyone who's watched the get out the vote effort from Democrats and from some Republican areas knows that they spend money to physically drive people to the polls. But she's also talking about getting people inspired to go to the polls by getting them a candidate who's good. And they they actually have a little bit of analysis here on the election that I agree with. Joy goes right into the point we made to start the show today. The Ossoff mistake. The charismatic candidate. You've got to I promise you You've got to do what his Donald Trump did. Right. Yes, but you know what? The bottom this line guy? is... No. What? He was charismatic. I was going to say, he didn't even move into the district. That's that was the issue. The Democratic Party should have said, listen, listen, you want to run, you want to win, you, you move, move into the, the district. He didn't yeah, his whole life there. The, the that's not good enough. Yeah, no, that's true. That's that's true. Even the harpies in the audience figured it out. Even the audience, and now there, there are applause signs in the audience, I have to tell you that I've been in that audience. But even the people at the View audience figured it out that all, all they would have had to have done to blunt one of the biggest attacks that the Republicans had on the Democratic candidate in this special election was to have told John Ossoff to move. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I know, but we've been playing that quote from the debate from weeks ago, might have been over a month ago, where Karen Handel asked John Ossoff the one question, who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? And it was the perfect way to say, you don't even live here. It just, it's just a wonderful strategy. I, I, I have to admit, I agree with, with Joy on that one, that they should have. Any, any party that had its stuff together would have said, yeah, let's do that. And here's the problem. The Democrats don't really have leadership right now. They don't have somebody at the top who's really putting it together. And, and the person who does have, let's just say, uh, the, the most popular support among Democrats doesn't like Democrats. You don't. The heads of the DNC, the two-headed monsters of the DNC, Tom Perez and, and uh, Keith Ellison, the chairman and vice chairman, nobody really knows who they are. Nobody cares. They're not charismatic. And the one guy who Democrats have rallied behind, the one guy they voted in, in mass numbers, in tens of millions of votes in primaries, the one guy who would have been capable of leading this party doesn't like Democrats. He can't even admit to being one. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Boiney. I'm talking about Boiney Sanders. Bernie Sanders has been talking about how little he likes Democrats, and he is a Democratic Socialist 
for months. Here's a wonderful supercut from the Washington Free Beacon. Everybody was down in Arizona trying to figure out who the leader of the Democratic Party would be moving forward. And that leader was actually in Michigan giving a speech and his name is Bernie Sanders. The Democratic Party is failing. I think it is time for the Democratic Party to reassess uh, what it stands for and where it wants to go. The soul of the Democratic Party was lost. That Trump didn't win the election. The Democratic Party lost the election. In my view. It is not a question of Trump having won the election. It's a question of Democrats having lost the election. Now, the truth is, Democrats should not be losing to a candidate who insults so many people. The Democratic Party must finally understand which side it is on. That Trump didn't win the election. The Democratic Party lost the election. Well, right now, I was elected for this term as an independent. I'm completing my term, and I certainly will stay as an independent, completing this term. We'll cross the next bridge when we come to it. Now, do you consider yourself a Democrat? No. No. <laughs> Bernie Sanders says no. The most popular guy in the party doesn't consider himself a Democrat. Thank God, thank God the GOP won last night, because if they didn't win, if they weren't able to pull this off last night, they would have shown just how weak they are. The Democratic Party is so weak at this point. Now, I know I just mentioned history could be on its side if you compare 2009 to 2017 and what happened in 2010 and 2018, the upcoming elections. But you have a remarkably weak a possibly a historically weak and unorganized Democratic Party. They don't, the, the voters who are Democrats don't identify with Nancy Pelosi. They can't. They absolutely cannot. And, and I think Handel's campaign proved that by linking Pelosi to Ossoff as well as questioning Ossoff's loyalty to the district because he didn't live there it just was an amazing display a stunning clear display of what's wrong with the democratic party now are they smart enough to figure it out well first of all do you think nancy pelosi is going to step to the side no she's not any talk of unity in that party and the need to get young blood into that party pelosi will Pelosi will sacrifice unity to stay in charge because it's the power. It's the same thing with Schumer. Those two at the head of this party, it's, it's not Tom Perez. It's, it's not, uh, what's his name, Ellison in, in Minnesota. It's Pelosi and it's Schumer at odds with Sanders and Warren and they're duking it out for the soul and direction of the Democratic Party. And guess what? They might end up killing their own party. It's in bad shape. It's in horrible shape. And the, that's the only thing that's really helping the Republicans right now, because the Republicans have organizational issues as well. The Republicans have internal conflict as well. We'll get into some of that. But the pelosi schumer old guard is part of what the vote last night was about 
it was a rejection of business as usual in the Democratic Party. And those those young voters that that Whoopi and Joy were talking about moving into that district. Yeah, they're they're more Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren people. And they rejected John Ossoff last night. So it, it wasn't a Trump referendum. I think it was a bad candidate with a disorganized party. And even $50 million couldn't save it. Michael Pelka and Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Now that summer's here, now that this is officially the first day of summer, you want to get out and enjoy your life. So write down this number, 800-500-8384. Uh, no, that's not my lottery picks. 800-500-8384. That's relief factor. Call them up. Get the three-week quick start pack for 1995 and and you'll you'll experience what i experienced i'm betting that in a matter of days in my case it was eight days the pain i had in my knees and my hips and my back and sometimes in my neck it's all gone because the ir- irritation and inflammation is gone relief factors an all natural anti-inflammatory that it's helping so many people but all i really care about is it helps me and i know that's selfish but look, I, I keep it in my bag, my computer bag. I have packets for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I take it three times a day. The other day when I tweaked my back lifting that 80-pound air conditioner, I took an extra packet, and in a matter of hours, my back was back to normal. The irritation, the inflammation was shrunk. The pain was gone. Try it. Check out relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. You'll, you'll see the information there or call them and talk to one of their consultants. 800-500-8384. Tell them Mike sent you. Get the three-week quick start pack. And maybe, just maybe, have the summer of your life. All right, we were talking about, talking about the Democrats and this election. And there, there is so much to discuss that's going on. There's so many things that are happening today. We have... Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. Shimon, what did you whisper in my ear? Oh, I had a time warning. I can't get too deep into something. I was talking about the state of the party and the state of the Democratic Party, and I was talking about the state of the uh, Republican Party. And now we know tomorrow we're going to see the health care bill that the Senate has been writing, that, that Nancy Pelosi and everybody else has been crowing about. And, you know, I'll dive into that, but I did just get an update on the investigation into the Flint, Michigan stabbing at the airport. A police officer remains in critical condition, and I think it's important to note there is now a report out there saying that the the guy that stabbed the officer was yelling, Allahu Akbar. If this is a terror attack, we should know, and we should, it's being investigated as one, so the officer's in critical condition 
If you prayed for Steve Scalise or anybody else who was hit a week ago today, you should pray for this officer, the guy who was attacked at the airport in Flint, Michigan. I've got so much more to talk about. I need to talk about driver's licenses and genders and a vital question that's already getting me hate mail. You're curious, right? Anything that gets Mike hate mail, you want to hear about. Oh, boy. We'll get to it after the break. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.